celebration. We're back. Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon. I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. Hey, girl, where you been? It has been a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. We have been a little bit of MIA. We we definitely apologize for that. We hope that y'all will forgive us and stick with us. Uh, well, I don't think we've been in MIA because we're still around and we've been at all the we were at football, basketball, baseball, volleyball. We were everywhere. We, we, just, we just had been so busy, like living real life that we didn't record. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, we are back. We will be better about making these episodes more regular um, with our just tantalizing takes on all things Texas, right? Yeah, it turned out some people actually missed us, which yeah. was kind of cool. And people were asking, are you going to record? Are you going to record? And we kept saying, yes, 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 we're going to. And we just said, we got to do it, girl. There's so much to talk about. And we've talked about all these things ourselves over many a margarita. <laughs> um, and we're like, well, we should just be recording because we just, we have such a good time. And so let's talk about where we've been. Sure. And then we'll talk about where we, what our plans are for the fall over the next few months. And also, okay, so today we're going to talk about the rankings where yep. Texas is ranked, the uh, preseason polls. They mean so much, yeah, especially right. with Sark and the team. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about the preseason polls today. Uh, we'll talk about what we're hearing out of the camp, the scrimmages, the of media availabilities, the practices, everything that we're hearing, and just our thoughts of what's really striking us as interesting and gets us excited for the season, and maybe any little concerns that we might have out of the things that we're hearing. Okay, and then we're going to give our big win-loss predictions for the season, Texas, where we think they're going to end up this season. And then we have some things we need to get off our chest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Megan, where have you been? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm boring compared to you. Oh for sure, my God. But, uh, no. Yeah. Just been a lot of work, but uh, definitely took a little trip out West uh, celebrating my birthday. I always like to go a little crazy on my birthday. And, you deserve uh, it. Yeah. You, you know. live hard. You yeah. celebrate. Yeah. Live, work hard, play hard. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I took the, took the Bronco out to Moab and did some off-roading, some rock climbing, and some real dumb shit. to the edge <laughs> of a cliff. Yeah, so that's a... That was, that looked terrifying. Even when I see the picture, <laughs> it makes my stomach turn. It is definitely a polarizing picture. I can show folks video of that. It's a, there's a place in Moab called Top of the World where uh, a ledge, you have to go, it's a, you know, a couple hour trail to get up to this location. Um, and you drive out to the very edge of the ledge where you are actually hanging over a 3000 foot drop. So look that up. That's, Three that's a little more than two, thousand. Yeah. A little more than two empire state buildings stacked on top of each other for, yeah. for reference. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a polarizing picture when I show that some people look at it and they're like, Oh man, that's amazing. That's oh, just like, no. I vomit just I'm terrified that. that you did that. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was awesome. Oh, yeah. it was awesome. It wouldn't be me. <laughs> it would never be me. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and then decided, you know, to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. That's it's, ridiculous. It's never, it would 40s. never be me. That's what you do in your forties. Right. So, uh, way to celebrate. Yeah. It was a good time. It was a good way time. to try to make your last birthday, your last birthday. Listen, it was <laughs> I definitely dubbed it the try not to die tour. Oh I, it was uh, it's a good time, but yeah, then boogied through Arizona, checked out the slot canyons there and um, did some off-roading and wheeling there uh, in Sedona and then came back through New Mexico. So it was a nice little solo trip with dogs and had a great time. Just making yeah, poor life choices. You so. take great photos anyway, but those are some amazing <laughs> was, photos. It was a lot of fun. It was but a good since time. since we last recorded, it's been a minute, and we had a really successful basketball season. We did uh, men and women both had really great seasons. Softball didn't in the way they wanted, but they played well. Baseball, oh that I still don't. Want to, still I don't better. want to talk about it. I know this at Stanford. I can't just lost it in the light it I just can't. uh it was, it was the most heartbreaking and it was the karma we got for making shit fun of ev- the way everybody the else making yeah, fun of the way everybody was going out yeah. everybody was going out in the most embarrassing way it's a weird year it was a weird, was year. A weird year and sure. texas baseball man they fought and put it together and it just the weirdest can i say the I'm, weirdest ending i i know i know you've always enjoyed baseball you, mm-hmm. you follow texas sports but yeah. It makes my little heart happy how much you've gotten into baseball recently. So I, you have shaved more years off my life <laughs> with baseball. I, yeah. I mean, I've gone, you know, we've talked about this before. I've gone to many games over the years. I've been at the, you know, at Dishfalk 
many times, many, many, many times. But now I'm just rig- a little You're bit too now. emotionally invested. <laughs> Thanks to Megan. I'm a little, I, yeah, I care you. a little too much what the walk-up song is for the numbers. Of the song. I, yeah, I care a little too much now. And that was heartbreaking. It was, it was tough. We, I think all of Longhorn Nation just sat there with our mouths on the floor like, Yeah, there was no, what? yeah, it, that's just a, it's a hard ass. And as much game. hard as they fought to get back in that yeah, it was a hard, hard way to lose the game, hard way to lose the series and to be sent home for sure. But, you know, it looks like baseball is loading up again. Um, so excited for that. Basketball definitely had some questions going into the season with uh, oh. some uh, unexpected turns, yes. shall we say? So, of course, Coach Beard, but this is going, throwing it way back, yeah. way back to last December. Yeah. You know, we all know Coach Beard. He had domestic issues that had to be investigated until they were investigated he was let go so we had coach Rodney Terry who that had already a relation, great relationship with all the team stepped up led took them to the elite eight and then got the head coach job which I'm very excited about I'm all I'm all team coach Terry De- definitely proved himself definitely. Yes. so earned it earned so, it on the job well so we've definitely spent some time uh, over the past few months that we've been MIA from fire the cannon watching Texas sports but Rocky you my friend have been all over the world tell us about what you've been up to well I've mostly I'm trying to finish a dissertation right now I have zero motivation I want to hurry up and graduate and I also want to do no work so (laughs) that's where I'm at right now I'm interesting I'm at senioritis and it's (laughs) August 1st so August whatever so I am my last year of my program I will I'm writing I've already defended my proposal I'm writing my collecting my data right now I will hopefully, hopefully have a dissertation written in jet by January to def- to edit and defend by March-ish uh, to graduate by May. So, so that's what I'm working right now. And, and that's, then we call you Dr. Rocky. And then I'm Dr. Rocky. And that <laughs> is what consumes most of my life because it is a full-time job getting a PhD. But, it's a full-time job. And that is absolutely amazing. You did, you did have some adventures overseas. Yes, we traveled yes. a lot this year. So... We took Nadia to play rugby in England. Well, we were going to Spain. We were in Spain for a couple of weeks. We went all around. We got to see the running of the bulls. Amazing. Which is, to me, I didn't know it was a bucket list event. For me, it wasn't personally a massive bucket list event. But it turns out it was a bucket list event. And people come from all over the world. And you talk to any locals in town. And because we met like two. You talk to any locals in town. They're like, hey, have you run it? Hell no, we're not running that. That's so stupid. See, I would. 100% the people, I would. Oh, the people who actually see it and watch it every day, you know, for 14 days or however, 14, 15 days every year, they would never run it because they know what happens. But there are some local experts who know the, tr- the track or whatever. Sure. But we were able to watch the running of the bulls. Nadia, we went to England. Nadia got to play rugby for the USA, which oh, was amazing. She played against, I'm sure some people who follow us on Twitter, you've seen the photos. She got to play against England and France and um, Wales and Ireland and Cayman Islands and China. And it's a mixed co-ed team, boys and girls. She played U15 mixed and she had to take on big 15 year old boys, you know, 15 and under. And she was amazing. No fear, no fear. No, she was, she was stellar. She was amazing. She was the first this is the first time USA ever took a U15 team to this international tournament. And she was the first ever person to score a try for the USA for U15. So cool. Which is pretty cool because no one books. no one can take that away from exactly. her. So she has some cool USA gear. That I might be feeling. Uh, that cool. yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mind me if I she, wander through wearing her cool. So that jacket. was that was like the proudest moment, I think, of our lives so far with her but just it was a proud moment definitely of this summer very cool. so now meanwhile we're also constantly keeping up with what's happening with texas football what's right. happening season's coming right. do i got my tickets can i download in the app are they okay <laughs> message my ticket lady what's going on and you've been doing that too making sure you got those tickets in your wallet yep yep it's been a little nuts but it's uh, exciting this year it is I, i'm telling you man there there is a buzz around texas football look i know even nationally it is and and every year i tell myself i'm not drinking the burn orange cookie. i'm not drinking I'm it not, you can go back and look at our previous episodes i'm telling you every year we say this and every year I'm you fighting. chug you I chug, chug the kool-aid and i spit it out i dumped that <laughs> sugar in there i chug the shit out of it i don't know which way is up i got the burn orange glasses on i got i got the you're Kool-Aid all in, in my cup. and i'm like 
like Megan, stop. I'm and I'm, and I'm telling you why you should not <laughs> drink it. Every but you year. know what? I don't care. This year? This year. This year? Is the year. This year, I am sipping, sipping. it with you. You're sipping. That's fair. I'm going to be a tea Karen sipper. Proud. I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sip slowly with you. I'm not going to chug and get drunk and, and choke on the on the Kool-Aid because I still have my cautiously optimistic. I still no, I still have the facts <laughs> and the numbers, but Listen. I am I'm way more optimistic this year than I've been in a while. There is. There's a buzz around Texas football that it's been a minute since we felt this in Austin, which is it's it's pleasant. It's nice. I like it. Uh yeah, like you said, nationally we're getting a lot of buzz. Uh it's funny how we went from having a quarterback uh, you know, this recruit was nothing and, oh God, he's, he's trash. And, oh, he's only a three or a five-star because of his name. Now, all of a sudden, before he's played a down a football, <laughs> he's already beating out our starting quarterback. And there's oh, already a controversy. People who don't Funny know how that changes, yeah. isn't it? But uh, yeah, it's really exciting. I think, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit as, as we get further in here, but um, that culture shift, that culture change, that missing piece that we've been talking about for quite some time, man, I don't know. My my spidey senses are saying. Well, you know, your culture piece is getting fixed. You're usually the one that is way more optimistic than I am to start the season. That's fair. So let's talk about we're talking about the national hype. So the of course, way too early predict preseason rankings are out. Um, the one that came out this week was the AP poll has I don't listen to the coaches poll because it's yeah. usually some intern filling it out for the coach they don't have time to watch <laughs> 98 teams and rank them so I'm not worried about the coaches poll but the AP poll people who really have this is their lives to watch and rank and follow right. of course they can't get to the practices and behind the scenes but they're a little more knowledgeable what's happening with other the other teams they have Texas at 11 right when I saw that I put a little poll on Twitter what do you think too high too low just right 8% said too low, 23% said too high, 70% said just right, 69% said just right. Mm-hmm. Where do you think 11 is? I voted in your poll, and I think it is just <laughs> right. It is just the, right. the Goldilocks of, of rankings for where Texas is at. From right. everything we've seen from the folks we've talked to, where we left off and the momentum that we've been seeing mm-hmm. uh, and what the coaches have been building, I think that's just right. You know, 11 to me sets expectations mm-hmm. right we're high we're not it's not a who we're just in the top 20 or top 25 no 11 is a serious ranking that's right. a, that's a real deal national contender but it's not so high that we haven't proven ourselves right we haven't proven ourselves to be in the top 10 we've we've had high expectations before and we've fallen short many times as you will often remind us <laughs> right um but yeah i think this is a good place for us to be I saw that. And honestly, you know, normally when these polls come out, you have a gut reaction. Oh, that's, oh, that's way too much. Way too, yeah. much, way too high. This one, I think it was like, yeah, yeah that's, uh-huh. Yeah. You look yeah. at it, you go, huh. Like, huh. like Sarge said. That makes sense. Cool. Cool. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good place for us to be. Um, I think it gives us motivation to, again, not that the rankings are what matters to the team, but it is. It's a bit of a motivator to say, look, we need to get up there. We need to be in contention for a, a conference title, for God's sake. Oh, this my year. goodness. Yes. And realistically, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl, college football playoffs? College football playoffs? I don't know. All right. Well, let's see. Okay. So they asked Sark and the presser of the media availability a few days ago what he thought about being ranked number 11 when those polls came out. And this is what he said I use it both ways, like I have this year. You know, I can. Like I said, I can, I can put up a slide in a team meeting and I can have five articles with, with headlines of how great we're supposed to be this fall. And then right next to it, I can have a headline of five articles of, you know, we're going to stink and we're Texas and they're going to blow it again. So I, I can I can do both. And that's kind of what I do um, because it really doesn't matter. Right. That, that's that's what I, the, that's the what I'm trying to get across to the players. What other people think of us really is irrelevant. What we do on the field on Saturdays is what ultimately matters and the way we play. And so that's the point I try to get across to. Um, I'm always fascinated by preseason polls, you know, that, that guys can can predict how good a team's going to be, but yet never see in practice and, and never see him play yet. Now, I get after the first few games, we start to get an idea, but preseason polls are interesting. But, but I also, I will say this. I love preseason polls. 
as a fan of college football because it gives us gives us as as fans of the game something to talk about, something to read about, something to write about. Uh, that it just it, that's the beauty of it, man. I, I remember as a kid, I couldn't wait for the Sports Illustrated article, right, with the with their preseason number one on the cover in the top twenty five, and uh, and and reading about every team. And so, the, the the preseason polls are synonymous with college football, and I and I love that side of it. But I also know being in the being in the fire right now, it really doesn't matter. All right, gives us something to talk about. So let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, he's so likable in that moment because yes. he just reminds us, he talks about this all the time. He He's a college football fan, right? Like he just enjoys the sport. Like he grew up just a massive fan of college football and it just really shines through when he turns it to like, well, yeah, as a fan, <laughs> and those are fun. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it speaks to, uh, yeah, he's likable for sure, um, but he gets it too, mm-hmm. right? And the thing I love about that clip immediately is it didn't feel like coach speak a little right. bit there. Yeah. Like yeah. he did kind of backtrack and say, Oh, well, don't, don't get me wrong. I do like the polls, but yeah. realistically he's like, listen, these don't matter. And that's not what we're focused on. And, and I could say five articles that are great. And here's five articles right. that trash us. There haven't been a lot of coaches that have gone out and just outright said, Oh, Texas is going to blow it again. Right. Like he acknowledges that. And I think he knows that story's there. Of course they all, but talking about it, I mean, that's different. And, and again, that helps go to that accountability. Um, so I think that's really good. I think, you know, again, we've talked about this for what has Texas been missing? We've had the recruits, we've had the talent, we've had really good coaches. Mm-hmm. What has been that missing element? And something we've touched on in the past is the foundation has had cracks, mm. but CDC coming in, I think those cracks are, we got a new foundation now, right? Those, those cracks are being filled. And I think now it's that, you know, Texas fans have to have some patience, but we're starting to see now that the foundation's been laid, that structure's being built and it's being built the right way. It's not being built fast. It's not, be, but right. it's being built the right way. And I think we're really starting to see that in the culture shift and in the coaching and in, I mean, even our recruiting, yes, we've always had good recruits, but it, they were, you know, those, those key star position players, but, yeah. but now, holy shit, we've got an O-line. We've got depth at the O-line. We've got a D-line. Are you kidding? We have a deadline. I just, this is what gives me that optimism. It's those little things, the intangibles that I think we're seeing really start to come together and that, that team come to play together as a team. I've heard from a lot of the players, this is now a player led team. And that, that's not something we've really had in a minute. We haven't had those consistent vocal leaders where the players own the team and make it theirs. Um, and I think we're starting to see that even in our young quarterback, even in yours second year coming in, right. That was some of the criticism again, played as a true freshman last year. Didn't, didn't, I mean, he hadn't played football, what, two years prior to that. Right. So, and we knew it was going to be a roller coaster. We did. We did. We knew we said that, but he comes in, he cuts his hair, you know, this year, taking himself a little more seriously. We're hearing he's a lot more vocal in practice. He's taking charge. Like, hell no, this is my team. You're going to listen to me. This is mm-hmm. what we're doing. And the players are respecting that. I think we're seeing that show up. We'll go ahead and get right into that. We've had some reports from practices, reports from the scrimmage. So they had a scrimmage this past Saturday. Sark said in one of his pressers that the first scrimmage was going to be just to see what they have, get an idea of what they need to be coaching up. Where's everybody at? This next scrimmage coming up this Saturday will be the depth chart to start really making a list of who who's ahead of who who's you know earning more playing time but i think one of the one of the things that i've just keeps coming up in all these press conferences there's a few things in these media availabilities right a few of the things that keep standing out to me is when we talk when you talked about the culture this new this really established culture and there's there's you know there's some debate of do do the people make the culture or do the culture make the people and that it's kind of cyclical right that that you can say this is our culture but if the people don't feed back into what the culture is then that's not your culture right so it's I think a cyclical which one feeds the other right Mm -hmm. but this is a great example of what when you say the player led that's it's be, they're being unselfish. They're putting the team first, all those things. Kalen Robinson, we know he came from Alabama and he is all about his role. He knew last year when he was behind Rojo and 
uh, Bijan that he had a role. He he came in when they needed him on offense, but his massive contribution was special teams. And so he's talking about even teaching the younger running backs coming in, do your job. Let, you know, everyone's going to have a role that's going to take a committee of running backs on offense and special teams to contribute. I love this line from. No, I mean, the way we see everybody's going to eat. Like, it, it doesn't matter how many bites somebody takes, everybody's going to eat in some kind of way. And the better we are as a team, as a unit, the, the better everybody looks individually. So everybody had their own shot. That's the way we look at it. So everyone's going to get their opportunity. Everyone's going to eat. What do you think, Megan? I love this. I love this. Look. That was Keelan Robinson. Correct. All right. And players and coaches definitely are given guides from Texas on what to say and how to act and, mm-hmm. and what questions they'll take and how to answer them. Mm-hmm. That to me, this feels different, right? This this is a truthful answer. Um, and again, I think it really speaks to that shift that we're seeing of the players care, but they understand they're playing for the guy next to them. You know, they're, they're actually playing for each other as a team. Yes, they are proud to play for Texas. That you were speaking of culture, you know, the university can say, this is our culture, but if the players don't feed into that and ultimately don't represent that, is it really? Exactly. And I would argue, I would argue that there is the culture as a brand and then there's your culture as a team, Mm -hmm. right? And the brand has had the culture, the brand, you know, we've got diehard fans, maybe too diehard, you know, we've been around, it's a world recognized brand, right? That culture is there. We're hungry for that. The fans are hungry for consistent excellence maybe we haven't quite seen that from the players as of late you know past decade's been a little rough for us Mm -hmm. um but this to me is that shift we're seeing that this is again those intangibles they're playing for the guys next to them they're playing as a team it's not about the individual stats or what they're going to accomplish individually this year it's everyone's going to eat because you know what if the person next to me is better they're making me better. Exactly. If the person I'm lining up against across from is is working their ass off, it's going to make me better too. And and that, I, I love that, man. That gives me goosebumps. We see that. Ex- exactly. So like right after Keelan's availability, Jonathan Brooks came out. So they brought out two running backs, mature leadership now who are going to be taking the reins from Rojo and Bijan. Then Jonathan Brooks comes out and they're trying to say, oh, how many carries do you want? What are you looking for? Blah, blah, blah. And his answer was, whatever the team needs, whatever it takes to win. I just want to win. If I need to block, run, pass, well, whatever he needs to do, catch a pass, make a block, whatever. And if I get to carry the ball, great. If they need me on special te- special teams, great. Like whatever it takes to win. And he's just like, I just want to win. The team just wants to win. Key thing too, he's talking about taking mental reps. We know that, and he learned this waiting on the sidelines. You know, he didn't get to play much the last couple of years. And he came from being the superstar of his high school team to you know, not getting as many carries the first, you know, a couple of years at Texas. So he had to learn like, well, what am I seeing? How am I going to read that? And watching the film and doing the mental reps too. And he realized that there's an advantage, you know, to all the mental reps he's been taking. So when he does get out there, he knows what he's looking for. And it's, it's, it's amazing. A few different guys talked about the mental side of what they're doing too, we saw Jalen Ford talking about Malik Murphy's my locker mate and we go at it. We talk back and forth. What'd you see? And why'd you see that? Why'd you shift? And they're talking about it. So they've really added the mental game to the physical game. And that just takes it to another level. Right. Right. They're all definitely firing on the same cylinders. It is. It's really exciting to watch this team come together. Uh, and again, we're seeing that in practice. You know, Babers said that a lot. He uh-huh. said, look, I know if I go out and get my ass kicked by the guy across me, that means I got to work harder. That means like iron sharpens iron, right? We know that. And and I think we are starting to see that, but a huge part of the game is mental. Mm -hmm. And when, when the team gets away from that, me first, what can I do? What, and gets more towards the, you know what? I, they see the value. There's so much maturity in that. If I had to pick one word, I think mature, like I really do feel even our younger guys, this team is maturing in a way that we haven't seen both physically and mentally uh, in a way we haven't seen it on, on the 40 acres in a long time. Physically, let's talk about that. You know, we've got some guys that come in. Uh, I saw somebody tweeted out the other day that Javandre Sweat has put <laughs> on 113 pounds since he got on campus oh, in just a few years. 
That's incredible. That's an incredible transformation. He's not, he hasn't gotten fat. Right, right. He's gotten strong. Right. He's gotten strong and, and quick and athletic. And stayed mobile. Right. Yes. Stayed mobile. Exactly. And goodness gracious, I'm going to say this. I mean, we all saw the picture of our quarterback room for God's sake. Oh, and it was on your my, birthday. My. On Megan's birthday, oh, oh. the quarterback room decided to release <laughs> Porn, like it was the most beautiful for college kids. Well, I've been using it as my porn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and we just got they, to yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. They're all eighteen. They they put their stunning. There's not a quarterback room in the country who looks that good in the locker room. I don't know how they look. <laughs> right. We'll see how they look when the when the when the lights come on. But I don't know. I haven't seen another quarterback room try to say, "Look at us!" After that photo, right, right. I mean, I mean, we're staying healthy. We're staying physical. We we look, the team looks good. The team feels good. Um, you know, when they were talking at media availability, they were talking uh, to the, I can't remember if it was Brooks or, or Robinson, but, but they, he trimmed up a little bit and said, yeah, I've, I've lost some weight. We mm-hmm. had Quinn Ewers talking about that. He said, you know, I'm really starting to take my, my health seriously and completely change my diet. No more Chick-fil-A. He's <laughs> eating healthy. He's, and you can see it. I yeah. mean, there, in, in a short amount of time, you're really seeing that. And I think that's been reflected. You know, we better be fiercely knocking on wood. I'm hesitant to even say this and put it out. Don't say it, don't say it. But we've been healthy so far. Yes, knock, knock, knock. And, this is us knocking. <laughs> in, yes. years, in years past, we've seen at this point of camp going through these grueling hot summers Ugh. going through the camps yeah we've seen a lot of in the and past and they have been physical tackling right. at practice right and, yes. and we're not seeing those soft tissue issues that we mm-hmm. had some problems with in the past we're not seeing those injuries uh, you know yet hopefully we don't but I again that's just those intangible pieces of the mental is there and the preparedness and taking it seriously and Tori Becton strength and conditioning. Right. So you mentioned a minute ago, you mentioned Quinn Ewers, right? Everybody wants to talk about the QB one. Actually, everybody wants to talk about QB three, but <laughs> QB one, right? He talked about he he was available for the media also. And he talked about the changes he's made to his body and his mind, you know, like being bold and comfortable in his own skin and really taking the leadership role and he trusted in sark's opinion of how he you know kind of we read between the lines like take yourself a little more seriously man and it's fun the mullet was fun I have Those, a mullet wig every right time. it was fun and it really got people inspired and you saw little eight-year-old boys and 30 year, 39 year old women with <laughs> mullets on right. And their head at the end of the day, though, this is a business. He's trying to look to the next step, which is, you know, he's being projected as a first round draft pick right now. If all goes well for him this year. Right. So he really, it, this is business now. So he, you know, he's like, Oh, well, a couple of us quarterbacks, we all shaved our heads. No, baby, you shaved your head. And they're like, <laughs> we'll do it with you. So it doesn't look like just you did it. Right. But he, he talked about, you know, cleaning his diet, listening to the nutritionist at the university about what he should be, how he should be caring for his body. Mm-hmm. He was at 218 yeah. at the Alamo bowl. That did seem kind of heavy for him. Like mm-hmm. he looks so good right now. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see how he moves when the lights come on in just a couple of weeks. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about, we talked about physical and mental, how it's all coming together. He couldn't have put it better. This is Quinn Ewers a couple days ago. It's, it's cool, honestly. You know, football's a football. cool game. Um, you know, I kind of like to call it the quarterback. You're like a quarterback kind of feel like, you know, I'm playing like a more maybe violent, you know, more active chess kind of. So, you know, um, trying to trying to beat the defense with, with certain moves. Okay, so he's putting it together. Violent chess. And we've always talked about football as like a chess game, right? But he's like, I'm beating them with my moves. He knows pre-snap. He's reading where his guys need to be. He's calling the pre-snap motions. He knows what he's looking for. And he even talks to, you know, like him and, you know, the, the, the defensive players will talk. What'd you see? Why'd you do that? And okay, well, if I did this, it made you shift. It made you move. Okay, well, I need to know these things. They're all working together. All of them are working together to learn from each other. Right. Yeah. We hadn't heard that before. We haven't. We I haven't. mean, they may have been doing it in, recently, but we hadn't heard it. No, but again, I love that that recognition. Again, to me, that speaks to the mentality, the change, that shift that we're seeing. Again, 
intangibles. Yep. These these are all the little pieces that add up mm-hmm. that you're you take those context clues and you put them together and holy shit, that's this is why we're feeling the excitement in Austin this year. You know, I I get I love that violent chess match. Like that's that's clever, great. That's clever. great. It yeah. is. It's 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 awesome. So yeah, I mean, how are you feeling? We've we've talked about this. We've gone into it. We've talked about the hype. We obviously know you're the skeptical one. So how do you feel well, about violent I would, chess? I would say I'm more I'm the realistic one each skeptical, year. Sure. Yeah. Realistic because I think my <laughs> predictions are usually closer to what actually happens. So sure. Sure. that's fair. That's fair. No, I'm just kidding. You, you call them pretty well. But... Um. No, I just okay. So I I'm feeling almost a little too good about this team right now it's okay but is that our ptsd as fans it, it just as as the battered longhorn fan where every year we get excited the opposite side well like, yeah like even just the thought of us having some excitement makes, makes us so bad shell-shocked, right like that's that, that well that like tells you well like state. sark even knows the story's out texas will blow it again sure. like okay well that's fine whatever that he knows it, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. It doesn't matter the work you put in. But just the fact that you feel guilty about feeling excited kind of tells you the I, history we've had. I, to me, that's Longhorn PTSD. Okay, here's, okay. When they release the Big 12 preseason things, you know, like, oh, who is the best O-line? Who is the best BB? Texas has the best everything in the Big 12. Talk about the Big 12. Right, the talent's always there. Texas has the best O-line, best D-line, best receivers in the country. We might have the best receiving core in the country. Now, are we talking this year? Or this are we talking year. In general? No, talking about this year. All right, all right. Okay, Ohio State may be up there too, but Texas might have the best receiving core in the country. We have, we're, our O-line is trying to win the O-line of the year award. Like, they're talking about that right now. Like, that's their goal as a unit we have um a strong d-line and people are you know some people are saying that our, this, the best group behind the wide receivers might be our dbs because we're three four five deep at every position with good talent right. so and it's the the young ones coming in are all competing I, i'm just really excited what what position group are you most excited about see i love that question because in years past you could get asked that you know what are you most excited about and also, conversely, like, what are you most concerned about? Exactly. Where, and and I'll tell you this: uh, in years past, mm-hmm. I've always had an answer right away. Oh yeah, O line exactly. O line, O line. I know. I know. You yeah. know, you have a really good feel for like, ah, oh, shit. This is, you know, we're one injury away from a disastrous season, or we're yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't really know if these guys are gonna. Be... I can't. I don't have that feeling this year. I can't look at this team and go, well, fuck. Well, I really think that these, this particular position is going to be struggling. Everything Listen, is improved the, and working. Right. And, and deep. And, and deep. The yeah. depth. That's really where I feel that Sark and Co. has come in and made such a massive difference. We're not just recruiting one and done and getting these guys in and then, okay, well, if they go down, we're in trouble. We've got some depth. We've got, you know, we're here now to practice. There's some shifts going on on the O-line, not because we have to, but because we have players that are so talented, we're getting them snaps at every single position. Mm-hmm. So that we, because we do have that depth, we do have that ability to take a player, move him out, feel where he's best, know what works best for them and for situations. We haven't had that before. The fact that I am not worried about the O-line Rocky, I cannot tell you the last time that I have not been worried about the O-line. That's that's an awesome feeling. Our D-line coming in. We've got some great quotes on that. Um, but the D-line coming in, this may be one of the best D-lines that we've had at Texas in, in, a, in a minute. A minute? Yeah. Oh, at least. It's, it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see when they get drafted how many go. But so Jaron Thompson, he was at media availability. So he's saying, like, I don't even have to come up because the holes are covered up on the line. They're covering the stuff up front. The linebackers in the D-line have it covered up front. He doesn't even have to come up in coverage. And this is what they asked him, well, how would you define, describe the D-line? Man, D-line is looking nasty, mean, nasty, and violent. That's good. Yeah, I, they, making a lot, they making our job in the back end 10 times easier. Mean, nasty, and violent. What was the last time anyone has described anyone on our team as mean, nasty, and violent? Yeah, it's it's been a minute. And dare I say, uh-oh. All right. We all know, again, I'm gonna go back to that longhorn PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. I might make you shudder with this phrase, oh, but no. bear with me. Okay. Rocky, is DBU back? 
DB, oh yes, DBU is back. <laughs> DBU will be back. Let's be five games in. Yeah. Before we say we're back. I'm going to say Texas is back on the way home from <laughs> Alabama. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But I, being this deep with that much four or five star talent that's being coached up in a system that fits them, mm-hmm. all of that has to come together, right? You can have five star talent in the wrong system or you can have, but being this deep with that many talented athletes. And even Sark said, the younger guys, they may even be stronger athletes. They just need to learn the system. Sure. So they are pushing for spots at all, across every position group. Yeah. And and one of the things, I'm, I'm going to make a bit of a jump here, but mm-hmm. kind of triggered something. Go ahead. One of the big criticisms with Texas and us not being back and, and a big flaw of ours is we've always had this talent, right? But Texas can't develop talent, right? right. That's been a thing. I will say, again, you're definitely the numbers person. You look, your predictions are always spot on. <laughs> but I will say, I, I try to look for the little things. Mm-hmm. That I keep saying intangibles. That's my peewee word of the day, right? Uh-huh. But, And I think we're starting to see that. For a long time, you know, we had that year that we didn't have any NFL drafts. Uh, zero. For a long time, it's been the the noted in the NFL that you could always steal players from Texas. Yes. You could get them with, you don't have to draft them. You're going to pick up a steal, get an incredible undrafted free agent. Right. Yeah. But let's go ahead and just quickly look at the guys that just left. We just watched preseason football in the NFL. Yes. And Longhorns are making plays all over the place. Yes. Bijan with Atlanta, Rojo with the Bears, DeMarvian Overshone with the Cowboys, and Jameson with the 49ers. Like, just in the last, just that just off the top of my head this weekend. Players that weren't Sark's players. But they got coached up. Greatly improved. They got coached up. They greatly improved their draft stock. And now they're they're doing well in the NFL. It's preseason. We get that. But Again, that's just one of those things with that culture shift, that change that we didn't quite see the results that we wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, Sark's first or second year. Yeah, of course, we all wanted to finish higher and do better, but it takes time to bake the cake, right? It takes time to build that structure on a solid foundation. And these, to me, are those signs that we're getting there. We're on that doorstep. We're at that precipice, you know? Right. I'm loving it, man. I, 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 I'm really hyped about that. And I think, I think too, a huge factor has been the continuity with this coaching staff. Agreed. I mean, we've had Agreed. a couple of coaches go to take, you know, head coaching or sure. a coordinating job somewhere else, but overall there has been a huge level of stability and then they've brought in elite analysts, you know, writing that save and play, you know, playbook. GPAT. G-Pat. Yes. Yeah. Writing in that and also Chris and these other analysts that mm-hmm. are had head coaching or NFL jobs and now they're analysts for Texas and those kind of things like you just can't that that's worth way more than you can ever pay these men right their their expertise and just watching okay I'm watching exactly what you're doing but here's maybe what I would see if I was you know you watch if you're the defensive analyst you're like Oh, but if I was an OC, I would do attack here. Okay. And then they can fix those things. Right. And I, I don't, I wish I remember who, remember who said this, but that was speaking to Sark's humility mm-hmm. as a, as a man. Like, right. and I wish I could remember who, who was talking about this the other day, but I was just like, yes, yes. Talk about this because there are some pretty arrogant coaches. And as much as people like to talk about Saban being this arrogant prick, he is not two above saying come come help me other right. genius other great coach other man he will take advice and listen to all the staff and he builds even though his staff they all leave for other jobs they go leave for better jobs nine times out of ten yeah yeah he's, he's coaching job. them up right he's coaching the coaches up and that's i think that's what sark is doing too he's created an environment where the coaches stay right and they want to win together and, and coach together and he empowers them to lead their groups because a lot of times when you hear the players talk they're very much right into their position coach like my position coach is doing this and we're learning this and you know i hear the players talk and they're like oh gideon is all in on so-and-so player like they're mm-hmm. they're they're dialed into their assistant you know their assistant coaches or their direct coaches so it leads me to believe that sark is running it but he's empowering the assistant coaches to handle their business right and he's created an environment where the coaching staff wants to stay yeah that's huge agreed again that's a 
that's a big shift. And we're not hearing about those uh, locker room issues or the discomfort or unrest behind mm-hmm. closed doors in the locker room. And it really seems, again, this is complete speculation on my part, but speculate girl. So I'm going to speculate away while I take a sip of my drink. <laughs> take a sip. It better be burnt orange, right? Listen, from everything that we're hearing the staff actually likes each other too. Mm-hmm. They get along well. They respect each other. And while that seems silly, do you have to love each other as coaches to play well together? No, you don't. I get that. But it sure does help. It does and, help. And that level of respect there between the coaching, the coaching staff and, and the coaches and the assistants even, that's trickling down, right? You, you emanate that respect. You hold each other accountable, but you emanate that respect again, that's building culture in a way mm-hmm. that it's a different kind of culture than we've had in the locker room in a while. I feel like, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Charlie strong had, he never had a culture problem, but he had a coaching problem. Mm-hmm. Coach Herman never had a coaching X, problem. X yeah. Never had a coaching problem, but he had a culture problem. Right now, it really feels it's come together. This is we are at a point where coaching and culture are working together in harmony and really coming together. And and it's just it's fitting right. We're hitting on all cylinders. I'm I'm loving it. I'm excited. Again, listen. You know what? Fuck it. Dump dump the Kool Aid all over me. I'm ready. Oh, no. I'm ready to run through the wall. I'm ready to get us going. All right. Well, we'll get our predictions in just a minute. But one more thought about that before we move on our predictions. So when we're talking about Sark's willingness to learn from other coaches, he also has, which I've noticed in his media availabilities, a willingness to accept. He doesn't throw the student athletes under the bus when they make mistakes. We've literally seen coaches throw their own players. Well, they're a freshman and they make these dumb mistakes. But when Sark talks about, okay, so when we see scrimmage one, we'll go back and say, was it something about the way we're teaching it? Is it a problem with our scheme? Is it something that I need to look at of the way I'm explaining it? He always says, well, I need to go back and check myself. And and that kind of humility resonates with the athletes because they know it, it, it also helps them accept it's okay to admit when you're you've done something wrong. It's okay to admit that you're learning. It just sets that tone of selflessness and humility and teamwork. Like I'm I'm willing to admit I, I need to go back and fix this. I, I need to try again. Then when the player makes a mistake, their first response isn't to deflect blame or, you know, their first response will then be, okay, let me go see how I can fix it and we can all work together. And that all those little things are adding into that new culture and I feel like the word culture is just so overplayed but I mean I don't know what other word there is to I don't know it encompasses it all yeah it encompasses it all but I feel like it's just it's gotten so watered down that word culture (laughs) but it's what they've built and they've built hard-working selfless violent chess players violent chess players (laughs) I love it. I'm here. And I, and I on a shirt. I'm saying violent, violent chess. chess. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you, you mentioned you're, you're all the Kool-Aid all, in. Dump it on me. Perfect. Perfect time then to tell us, let's move to our predictions. All right. The 2023 Texas football schedule. Uh, we'll just fly through. I know you all have your schedules as your home screen, your wallpaper, but so we have rice. We go to Alabama. We have Wyoming at home. We go to Baylor. We have Kansas at home. We have the neutral with Oklahoma. Then we go to Houston, BYU at home, Kansas State at home, at TCU, at Iowa State, and then Texas Tech at home to finish Thanksgiving week. That is, I feel like, kind of a roller coaster up and down of challenges. Where do you have us after the 12-game stretch, and where do you have us at the end of the season? Cool. Okay. I see Texas finishing the regular season. 10 and two. And one of those losses is not going to be Alabama. Okay. Who, I, who are the losses? So I'm not a thousand percent certain on this, but mm-hmm. I feel like the three that worry me the most, and I know you're going to raise your eyes at at least one of them, Kansas state. Oh, I agree. Baylor. I agree. ISU. I don't agree that one. two of those. And the reason I say ISU, let me say this. So are they even going to be able to field a team? Well, that's November a good question, 18? right? Maybe they'll have more quarterbacks gambling on us. I don't know. But 
look, I KSU, they're still stacked. They still oh, absolutely, and we've done well against and they Kansas have a State. really good coach. Yeah, they've done well against Kansas yes. State. Where I feel good about that game is that we're at DKR, right? So yes, and I man, I know that this this team in particular wants to defend DKR. We we have some pride with this on the on the revenge tour, right? Right, leave in the Big Twelve. Um, but KSU scares me. I think they are probably the most stacked as far as who we are playing talent wise. Um, and again, every team loves to hate Texas, but we're going to see some crazy vitriol, the likes of which we haven't seen in a long time because of the bitterness about Texas. No, you leaving. Oh, right? absolutely. And, so, and the refs will have an extra flag for us. Count on it. Count on Listen, every and, drive. And I am not a blame the refs person, but I, I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. Texas fans, we're used to seeing really shitty calls from from Big 12 refs in specific, but we're going to see some crazy shit this year. I, it really feels like that's coming down from the commissioner himself. Mm-hmm. Don't call. We're going to see a lot of games like we saw last year against Oklahoma State where we uh, had, what, 20-plus calls? And they, had zero. and they had zero. Get ready for that. And that's oh. going to make this a challenge. And yes. listen, in my heart of hearts, I want to say Texas is going to finish the, the season undefeated. I just don't. It's, think that most, since most teams no, don't, it's unrealistic it, to expect Texas to. We have the talent. Texas to should be favored in every game on the schedule except Alabama, which they're not. Right. They're so Alabama's favored by seven. So yeah. So look, KSU is a question mark for me. I worry about them, but I'm happy we have them at home. Right. So there's that. Baylor. Listen, I I know Baylor's, but Dave Aranda is an excellent coach. Yes. It's in Waco. The Baptists love to to be high and mighty about things. So I worry about that one a little bit. I do. Um, ISU, I know you don't agree with that. I I simply say Iowa State, agree. On paper, this is a cakewalk for Texas. It shouldn't be an issue. I'm just telling you, weird shit happens at night in Ames. So you're saying does. we're going to lose two of those two three? Two of those three. Oh, my God. I, that's my thought. I, look, and... And I don't love doing that, but my gut is saying Texas finishes 10 and two. And the only ones that I can really make justifications of us losing to, you know, in years past, it would have been Oklahoma. Oh, there's a, you know, anything can happen in that game. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm coming off way too cocky, but we beat I, the shit out of them. I don't know. I, I'm going to spot him a field goal this year and we <laughs> win 49-3. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, so I'm thinking 10 and two, 10 and two. Okay. And then that's... I'm thinking Texas, t- even at 10 and two, I think Texas takes the big 12. Okay. I think we win the big 12 and I think we win our bowl game. Now, are so we going to end up we in, win college in Dallas play? with Nelly playing at halftime? Yeah, okay. He's already got the outfit. Okay. Good. Exactly. Exactly. So yes. yeah, look, I, I think Texas at, at worst, we see a 12 and two season. This year, hopefully we get a few more games in than that uh, because we are playing for uh, for all the. Uh, all so the right models. now you have us 10 and two winning the Big 12, but making it to like a New Year's New Six Year's Bowl. Six. That, that's my thought. Because you think there's going to be just so much better undefeated talent. Yeah, I think it's just hard for us to get in at with two losses on the season. I don't know that we're in contention at that point now look with all the college you know with all all the realignments and stuff it's going to be an interesting conversation at the end of this season the Pac-12 basically being a dead fish uh you know and the SEC having a bunch of teams but us still being in the Big 12 does the ACC compete so do you fill the college football playoff with do you stack it with SEC teams and a few sprinkled there I I don't know I I'm not convinced the, yeah, that a Big Twelve champion with two losses is going to be enough to be in the college football playoff. But let's revisit this after the OU game. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, the, they, the world will be very different at that point. Exactly. I think if you're one of your losses is on the road at Alabama at night by less than a touchdown, that is a wash. You know. Well, so I don't think that would hurt you for, if you end up eleven and well, if point. you end up. Um, 10 and two, but the other loss is on the road at TCU or something like that. And you, you know, you went toe to toe with at Alabama and the rest of your games were blowouts or hand solid wins. Sure. Uh, And, and you won your big 12 championship. I could see people say, especially because like you have the big 10, you're going to have Penn state, Ohio state, Michigan beating each other up. 
you're going to, in the ACC, you're going to have Florida State, Clemson, maybe even a North Carolina in there fighting, beating each other up. Mm -hmm. Pac-12, you'll have USC and everybody else fighting for, to play them. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not sure yet. Then you're always going to have those one or two people that pop their heads up. So if Texas were 10 and two, and that was a scenario, maybe the loss at Alabama and one conference loss on the road. So in your mind, Texas winning at Alabama could almost hurt us. No, 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 no. If one of our losses yes. is oh, not yes. Alabama. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you go to Alabama sure. and win. Yeah. Better not lose two games. You better that. not then go loose at Iowa State when they're right. playing with a fourth right. string quarterback. Right. Maybe that's where my PTSD is coming in is I, in the past, Texas has, oh, it has been a team that'll go in and show out and play up to the competition and beat the shit out of Alabama in their own house and then flop against a team that they absolutely should not. So Again, I, I I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, I but I just ten and two feels right to me, and I just don't think we're losing to Bama. A ten win season is a huge improvement. If you finish with a Big Twelve championship, that would be amazing. Yeah. However, it's going to be tough to swallow losing to uh, like tech to anybody to anybody. tech we're at not home. Tech at we're not losing. No, that's what I'm saying. You're going to have to drop one of these game, two right. of these games to to right. okay, and, and that's where. That's, you know, maybe I'm off, but all right. Tell me, Rocky, what do you see? Where do you see Texas at the end of the regular season? Okay. Let me start by saying we dropped 700 points on rice. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, 700 yards of offense. (laughs) Yeah. 700 points on rice. I am going out on the limb. I'm I'm just going to say it. Texas is going to win at Alabama. We will be there at that game. I just feel like as for the, the, all the things that are evenly matched, D-line, DBs, running game, our above and beyond solid advantage is quarterback. Yes, they don't even know. They they say they don't know who it is. It's probably Milrow or whatever, but they, they say Milrow. They say they don't know who it is. It's probably Milrow. And we, like most people, get eaten alive by the running quarterback. So we should have In some... Yeah, like most teams all the time, and especially Texas, <laughs> will get eaten alive by a mobile quarterback. But I trust that nasty, violent. What was it? D. What was the D line? Mean, nasty, violent. Uh-huh. I'm gonna trust them to contain him. I'm gonna trust Jalen Ford to play the game of his life that day, yeah. containing that. And Anthony Hill gonna probably be key that day. I I I can see us lighten them up. So. So what is your prediction? My prediction is we we win at Alabama. Win, 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 win. Uh, I have us, I, I hate to say it, but I have us 11 and one. Let it be noted that you are picking Texas to finish better than I'm picking. Yes, Texas. I, I actually right. am. I like it. And I think. That's good odds. Listen, y'all, if you're I gambling. I think our loss is at, even though TCU, I know they've lost a lot. I know they are not what they were last year by any means. They're, I still have them. I just think they're so depleted. They are so depleted, but they get better every week. Yeah. Because they are. A hell of a coach. They, they, they get better every week and we don't get them till November 11th at TCU mm-hmm. coming right off of Oklahoma at Houston, home BYU, home Kansas State. But those are physical games. They're physical, but they're still in the state of Texas. They're still home games for the most part. They're home games, but they're physical games. Yeah. And then to go to TCU, I could see TCU being the loss. Okay. But Iowa State with no players left, they're going to have like walk-ons by that week. Because they don't, the only thing to do in Iowa is gamble. Watch (laughs) and drink bush. Listen, I get it. I don't disagree. I'm just saying weird shit happens at night in Ames. It just does. Yes. It just does. And you know what's going to be weird this year? That we're going to drop 80 on them. Okay. (laughs) And then tech at home, we survive. It's going to be ugly and people are going to be mad because they're going to get better and better every week too. They're going to get better, but. The the talent, we should win, but also we should have won the last 10 times we played them. So, okay. So I say. I'm actually going on 11 saying 11 and one in our loss is at TCU. All right. I like it. Now, let me ask you a question. Big 12 before. championship playoff. All right. I dig it. All right. I, I'm I'm writing this down. And listen, if y'all are gamblers. You don't have to write it down. We're recording If it. y'all are gamblers. Oh, I'm writing this down. If y'all are gamblers, take that to the bank because Rocky is. No, don't. Really good Do not take stuff. it to the bank. But if you win, <laughs> split it with me. Split there you go. <laughs> now, let me ask you a quick hypothetical before we, we close this out. Well, well, we have one more thing before we close it out. But go right. ahead. 
quick hypothetical. Okay. Would you rather beat OU this year, 70 to 14, or, you know what, 70 to 21, or beat OU 35 to zero? 35 to zero. Okay. You like oh, that goose say Oh, fewer points than we did last you year. You know, I'm a defense baby. <laughs> I'm I'm a defensive person. I love defense. I would rather win three zero. Uh, nobody wants to watch that. Let me do, let me preface it with saying nobody <laughs> wants to watch a three zero game. But I would rather win a game. I if I was physically playing it, I would rather physically play a game where it was three zero only one. Yeah. Then seventy five sixty five or what is the? Oh, I don't want seventy five sixty five. I'm no. talking like. For me, I think I'd rather see 35 0 is perfect for I, me. I 49 0. Listen, is a goose egg is always something to brag about. It's so always hard to, to get a goose it egg. Is. It, that is, it's so hard. Which is why we will never let go of this 45 0 thing ever. Yeah. Uh, or 49 0. But mm-hmm. look, I think, I don't know, part of me says I'd almost rather see that like 70 to 14, 70 no. to 17. And I say that because. To me, those, that 14, that 17, that's all garbage time. When you're up by that much, that's all garbage time stuff that we've got our fifth strings in. We got the water boy playing at that point. And I don't know. I think that's just a fun game to run it up as much as possible. And I will say, I am ready for boring football again. I miss the days of Texas football where we were blowing opponents out by 52 to 10, 60 points. I, I miss that. I want it to come back. I don't know that our offense is quite that explosive quite yet, but we're on the track. We're on the track. I think that. All right. So before we close this out. All right. We have one last thing we want to do. Okay. We had this segment before and we need to bring it back. It's called get it off your chest. Put it in the book. You can't handle the truth. Say it with your chest. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. That's so funny. (laughs) So we're gonna we're gonna say with our chest, Megan. All right. So I'm gonna set a timer. You have one minute. Just rant. Just you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be negativity. It just (laughs) needs to be. Just talk about whatever you want to talk about. All right. Just anything anywhere in your world. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a lot. All right. I'm starting the timer. All right. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. We know that. Long suffering. I always and often say, look, you can't hurt me because I am a Lions fan. I am impervious to pain. My team went 0-16 at one point. I'm in with you this year, right? There's nothing. There's nothing that you can do to me or say to me that hurts me. Except this year, I'm almost, I'm I'm going through that PTSD again. Holy shit, Rocky. I think my Lions are going to be good this year. They're going to be good this year, Megan. I'm telling you. This year. Now, listen. Oh, don't get crazy. Now, now I'm going back to that PTSD we talked about before. As a long-suffering Lions fan, I knew what to expect with mediocrity in this shitty team. Mm-hmm. I knew that if we were terrible, it didn't hurt me because that's what I expected. Now that I have expectations, oh yeah, I'm terrified. Oh, I'm yeah. absolutely terrified. But please join the roller coaster with me. I'm gonna say my Lions are gonna be good this year. Sweet God, please don't let me get hurt. Did I do it in time? Um, you have three more seconds. Now we're good. Go Lions! Yay! Good job. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I'm all in with you. Okay. All right, so you're going to start right, right, timer? And here's your one minute. All right, go. go. Okay, so I have two problems. One, when you go to Facebook and they show you these (laughs) ads for clothes to wear to the football games, why does every company think women want to wear massive, puffy, leopard print football stamps all over the shirt? It's the Ole Miss syndrome. It is awful. The clothes (laughs) that they give for women to wear to games are awful. And I don't want to wear a poofy pregnancy dress to the football game they need help the second thing is michael orr poor dude man dude all this time thought he was adopted yeah and he was they had a conservatorship and those greedy greedy people apparently allegedly didn't even adopt him they just had a conservatorship so they could take money off of him and he wasn't even special needs like the movie presented he actually got into that private school on his own with his own smart brain right and they presented him like a freaking idiot and poor Sandra Bullock she didn't do anything wrong yeah keep that was a minute 
I like it. I like it. We should spend some time on that. That <laughs> that whole thing was nuts. We're gonna have to start a whole free Britney movement, but oh, free Michael sort of thing. Yeah, Sandy. Yeah. Well, I know Sandy should keep her Oscar. She didn't. Yeah, know. she's she an did, actress doing her job. She just read the script. She just read the script. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, crazy stuff. That was good. We got it out in <laughs> one minute. I covered two topics. I never bitched that fast. I, I was it. bitching I fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, hey, we appreciate y'all listening. We can't tell you how excited we are to be back, how excited we are for Texas football to be right around the corner. Right around the corner. We've got a couple weeks to go. Stay tuned. Also, please keep an ear out for our uh, some spaces coming up, too, because we're going to be running some spaces. So okay. pay attention on Twitter. You can find Rocky at Rocky Knows Best, and you can find me at Texas Fancy Boots again on twitter or x or whatever the hell we're calling it now twitter for now always twitter always be the bird but for now i'm megan i'm rocky and we are fire the cannon